0: Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest building your health business can be a bit challenging at times success takes resilience creativity courage and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone and we are here to help you navigate through all of it find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it so let's get this party started we are so glad you are here
1: Hi, this is Tim Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Health Business Growth Podcast. I'm joined this week with Boris Habaran from Thea Health and Dr. Beverly Yates. Hello, everyone. What I loved about this title, Boris, that you know, we kind of all like came together and said, you know, what would be really the most amazing title that we could come up with for what this podcast is about, and it's really elevating your health IQ. And really, when you look at it, all the data that is available to us, like the ability to unite this data, as well as to be able to look at diets and be able to get those immediate results. And I know, Beverly, you've seen some amazing results already. But, you know, before we kind of dive into this for us, I think what would be important for us is just a level set. What is CGM and why is it used and why is it so important to track? And I guess the first thing is, how did you get into this? Like, what was it that excited you about this type of technology and really taking this forward.
2: Absolutely. And thank you for having us. Always a great time talking to you and Dr. Yates, of course. So before even getting into CGM tech, why did I get into this is very personal to me. So when I was seven, I had diagnosed with asthma, like I was on puffers and they're like, oh, this is for life. Long story short here, I was cured of asthma, never had problems two years later. And then I had severe Crohn's disease in my early 20s. Same thing. This is for life. You're going under surgery. I hired seven different doctors. I always say no one's beat me on how many doctors at once I've ever had. Long story short, again, I beat it. My last colonoscopy showed zero signs of disease. And it was a very personal journey to me where it was extremely frustrating doing that journey because every doctor has their own philosophy. You should do these hardcore drugs. No, you should do the lesser ones. You should do this elimination diet. No, you should do this one. You should do these lab tests. No, you should do those, right? And so therefore, you're literally just trying to curate seven doctors at once who have different opinions. And then you're also doing your own research and trying to relay that information back to them. And that really stuck with me. I thought this is a terrible experience for everybody involved. And so... I always looked for an opportunity to solve that problem. I really wanted to know, objectively, if I do something, can I know if it's actually good for me? Because you can argue anything subjectively. You could say a potato has carbs, which is good energy. It has minerals and vitamins, which are good for you. Great. It doesn't take into context genetics, or where you grew up, if you're insulin resistant, if you have an allergy to potatoes. Like, when you look at research studies, they always say things like that. And you're like, okay, but what about all the other things that make a human a human? And so when I found out about CGMs, which I'll get into in a second, it was the first time I saw a biomarker that actually mattered, which is your blood sugar levels being continuously monitored. That's why it's called a CGM, Continuous Blood Glucose Monitor. I had an aha moment because I realized they were in the market for only diabetics to dose insulin, but that data was extremely valuable. Now... The full circle here is I knew that raw data wasn't valuable because if you don't know what to do with raw glucose data, you don't know how to interpret it as a, as a physician. And even as a physician, if you have to spend a lot of time interpreting it, you're only going to do so much work. So then the aha moment was, okay, if we can take that raw blood glucose data and make it something personable that's easy to understand for the end user and also send that back to the healthcare team and say, these are the things to focus on, I knew that we would have something on our hands. And that was the origin story. And we started, you know, selling and talking to doctors and grinding every day to figure out if there was a path here that makes sense.
1: Wonderful. And it is such an amazing technology. And, you know, there's so many new tracking apps coming out. I know I'm tracking the food that I eat, of course, the CGM I've used in the past. I mean, it's, So important to be able to get these as Dr. Yates, as you may mention on our call the other day, actionable insights, dive into that a little more and and tell us what that really means to you.
3: You know, these things are life-saving, right? And when we talk about actionable insights, anyone who's listening to our podcast, whether you are a patient or client yourself and have blood sugar concerns, or if you serve a population that cares about hormonal health, about sleep, stress, and certainly if they have diabetes of any kind, you know, I'm going to share with you a story of the relevance of this. So when we say actionable insights, what does that really mean, right? We can all get a stream of data. We can get data from lab tests. We get data from CGMs, from aura rings, from whatever. But what does it mean? And if you're a clinician, you're being asked, you're being paid, in fact, to help someone interpret it. But if they don't have an easy way to get it to you, that's not HIPAA compliant, et cetera, this can be a hot mess. So I'll share with you what the journey has been for me as a clinician. Over the years, my patients have been really great about sending me information and data, and in particular, CGM data if they are diabetic. They'll send me lab tests. They'll send me all sorts of things. And one of the biggest frustrations I've had is being able to get that information aggregated in one place to look at it so I can see what the trajectory has been. So if they tell me they're struggling with stress or that they are brain fogged, they're exhausted, they're feeling anxious, they're feeling depressed, you know, I'm wondering, well, is it gut health and microbiome issues? Is it their blood sugar? Perhaps they got on a roller coaster, you know, their blood sugar spiked up, then it crashed down. Like, what is it? So the thing that's beautiful about a continuous glucose monitor data is that you can look at it and tie it real time to what they have actually eaten, whether or not they exercise, their emotional health, what's going on with their sleep, their stress levels, and the timing for their meals. These are critical, right? So when we look at these things put together, if they're in a dashboard format, It is so much easier to use. So what was going on, I'll give you the story of one of my clients, Len, proud veteran, served in the military, very forthright person, great with technology. Unlike some patients, he doesn't struggle with tech at all. And he would be so diligently sharing everything that he'd eaten. He'd take pictures of his food. He would describe it in words. He put it on a spreadsheet. On a separate spreadsheet, he would put all of his CGM data. He uploaded it. Then on a separate spreadsheet, he would put how he was feeling sleep. Then when we got together on a clinical call, I'm literally going between screens, sharing the screen with him via Zoom. We're looking together and I'm saying, okay, now was this the same Tuesday? Wait, did you say that your grandchild party was Saturday? Let's back to figure out what's where, right? Because it's not an easy thing at all. Even if you do say with the avid Freestyle Libre, the link up, because I've had patients share data that way. I still don't know what they ate and what else was going on, right? So now with FAYA, we have solved it. We've closed all those gaps, thank God. So it's all in one place. It's a usable dashboard. You can see real time your own personal data. If you are wearing a CGM, you can see any of your patients or clients, how they're doing. If you have individual one-on-one care, or if it's a group coaching program, you can really teach people how to use that data to course correct their behavior. This gives actionable insights. So some people are very motivated. And if they have a CGM on, they'll notice every time I eat, say, quinoa or blueberries or cauliflower, I have a blood sugar spike, but I thought that was a healthy food. And the thing is, is that people have bio-individual responses to what they eat. It is always eye-opening to use a CGM. I can guarantee you there's a few things you think you're doing that are healthy that probably aren't. And by the same token, you might be needlessly depriving yourself of some things that actually aren't disrupting your blood sugar at all. Wonderful. How have
1: you used this with other types of tracking, you know, Tracking apps, Have you implemented any of those with labs, like prior to really getting technology in place, being able to get that real-time data, like what did that look like for you? And how has this changed? Because we always love to see what were you doing before? Like, where are you now and where do you see this going in the future?
3: Yeah, so before, this took easily four to six months to really get that put together and help somebody get dialed in. Now it's more like one to two months. So the speed with which someone gets their quick wins is much shorter. And that's so important. One of the reasons why people with chronic illnesses, with complex illnesses, drop out of care, anybody's care, whether it's conventional care, whether it's functional or integrative or naturopathic care, whatever care it might be, they drop out because they get discouraged. And a lot of times they've already gathered up all the hope they can muster. And it's up to us to fulfill that we can actually give them help and guidance. But we can't if we can't get the data Before, people were always doing it in a way where they were throwing their own HIPAA compliance completely out the window, right? Like people would literally send me screenshots, text messages, fax messages, email. I was just like, oh God, trying to get them to put all this in a portal. They didn't like the portal. It just was a hot mess. So with this, it's just made this a lot smoother. It's more efficient and they're happy. They're delighted. So now they're asking, not even halfway through a program, hey, what's the next program for me? do I continue this? Do I go to a group format? Like they cannot wait to continue as opposed to, oh God, I failed again. So often people have that experience of, oh God, I failed again. This is not what they want. They want a quick win. And this is a way to provide the actionable insights specific to that person. Even if they're twins or triplets, I guarantee you, they have bio-individual responses to foods. We are not identical in that way.
1: That's wonderful. And have you seen a remarkable difference? Like, I don't know how many patients you have that are currently using this right now, but you know, it sounds like they're getting excited, right? Because now they actually are taking the action that they have, right? They're getting these insights and they're able to to take this and to put the data and the knowledge into action. And it sounds like they're getting uplifted, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about them being healthier and happier because when they're healthier and happier, guess what? Their families are healthier and happier, right? Because they start to see this, this shift happening. And I imagine there's probably a buzz happening in your practice, right? That yeah. they're like, hey, I. what about me? Like, are you seeing that?
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. People leave the hangry state because now they've been able to figure out what caused them to be hangry. So instead of their family members or coworkers or neighbors fleeing when they suspect they're hangry, they're not hangry. They're pleasant to be around their mood is even, <laughs> you know? I mean, it makes a difference. People lose relationships, they lose jobs, they lose all kinds of things over blood sugar, regulation issues and the behaviors that sometimes go with them. And so what I'm seeing is that people are excited and they're engaged. One patient, in fact, told me straight up, you know, she's she's really funny. She's such a vivacious woman. She said, Dr. Ye, do you know what I do? I gamify this. I make it a game every day. And I look at my CGM data and I look at what I did the day before and a few days before that, and then I say, how can I get better? And she has been so actively course correcting herself that, you know, by the time we get on a call, I'm pretty much like, "Yay, good job. It's not a heavy lift for me either. And it just makes it more fun. It's mutually good fun rather than trying to cobble together all this data flying in from all these different points. And I'm like, tied to what? I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I imagine this has made you more efficient, right? Because at the end of the day, the less time that you're in the room or on a call with your patients trying to become the detective, right? Trying to figure out, cobble all this data together. Like you've got all of it available by the time you see them, the time you get on your call, like you said, somebody who's gamifying this is they're already three quarters of the way down the road. So it makes it much easier for you to really put a, an action plan in place for them based on where they are right now. And by doing that, I'm sure it's allowed you to free up more time for you to be able to you know, spend more time on your visioning, right? And to be able to see more patients and just to make a bigger impact in your practice for those who you serve.
3: Absolutely. It's way, way, way more efficient. Some of you know my background is engineering. And so, you know, engineers love systems and processes and efficiency. <laughs> So I'm I'm in my heaven. It is more time efficient. It also means if I want to grow the practice and scale it and add in others, whether it might be other doctors or nurses or health coaches, now this is replicatable. And the other thing that's just as important is that the patient or the client is uplifted. They're happy. They can't wait to refer people to you either because they can show people the app and how they're doing. They get a score, you know, green, yellow, or red. It's really clear. Green was good. Yellow was watch out. And red was, please don't keep doing it. So it makes it clear for people. It's easy. And they take little pictures of their food. Uh, Years ago, honestly, guys, I stopped using things like diet diaries because, one, people never put down everything they eat and drink. They leave off their condiments. Remember one kid years ago who had this bizarre reaction to mustard and the mom had forgotten to put down how much the child would put mustard on anything that wasn't moving. I mean, after a while, I was just like, diet diaries to me, in today's busy, stressed out world in 2023, they don't work. We got to make this easier. So via the fair app, you just take a picture of the food. And now everybody knows, oh, that was vanilla pudding. Or, oh, that was a scoop of ice cream. Or, oh, that was a salad. And we all can see what they think is a salad. Some people think it's going to be iceberg lettuce. I think in one part of the country, they fry it and they put cheese inside. And they call that a salad. And to me, oh, my God, that's a hot mess is what that is. That's not a salad. So <laughs> now we can, you know, make it clear what is a salad.
1: Yeah, a salad has a definition in all fifty states, right? Everybody has it, <laughs> definitely different. Just like tea, right? When you're in the South, like tea is not green tea. Like you have to say, "I don't want it sweet," right? That's correct. correct. Sweet if tea. That's sweet tea, tea is sweet tea, right? Let's talk about that. You know, as you know, we're in a kind of a food revolution, right? We're seeing more gluten-free options, more organic yeah. options, more dairy-free options. They're sugar-free. You know, we have sweeteners like stevia and allulose and. Honestly, it's a great marketing angle because when they can pitch it as, hey, it's gluten-free and all these frees, right? It's not free food. Even I was like, I'm eating these gluten-free chips, you know, these cassava chips. And I realized I start tracking. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not free food, right? This is like what you're putting in your body. Your body's going to respond. So talk about that and about your patients, what they've seen and how they've changed their behaviors, especially with these types of you know, food classifications.
3: Yeah, these food classifications can be trickier. Absolutely right, Tim. You know, one of the things that I always find so amusing, you know, in working and living here in Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, is that there's a lot of tech savvy people, a lot of people who are very caring about what they eat, but they are just as duped as anyone else could be by these marketing tactics, right? So there'll be people here, like you go to the county fair and they'll get the gluten-free, dairy-free, organic corn dog, And they think that that's the healthy option. At the county fair, you know? So I think we always have to meet people where they're at to help them get to where they want to be. And what I've seen is when people can see their reactions. So let's say they are avoiding potato chips. Let's say white potatoes spike their blood sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Then they go, and eat to, go to corn chip. Okay, that's gluten-free, but that might not be any better for their blood sugar. Same for cassava chips or a sweet potato chip or whatever it might be. Chips in general might not be friends for them. For other people, they might be able to have, say, eight to 10 chips and be okay. And if they have 20 to 30 chips, that's where they get into trouble. So then it becomes a portion issue. So if you're using the continuous glucose monitor and that data and you can see what's going on with your blood sugar real time, it'll let you know how much portion control might be part of your health journey. Or is it the actual food itself or a combination of the two? You can really get zeroed in on, dialed in on what it is that's important for that person at this moment in their health because it changes. What might be true in their 30s could be very different in their 50s.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Your body is changing, of course, as, you know, what, what I used to do in my thirties, I can no longer do in my fifties and coming up <laughs> in my sixties. It's like, I have to be even more careful, you know, because you start to feel things, right? Even more like, uh, oh, I should not have eaten that. I should not have drinking that. Like, should not have done that. You know, those types of things are becoming more aware. And I think that's all part of the process of just being more in touch with, with how your body is feeling. And, you know, prior to a CGM or prior to a food tracker, It didn't matter. I didn't understand these types of things until now where it's like, oh yeah, I should not have eaten that because look what's happened. One other question about, you know, the sugars, the sugar alternatives, like how have you seen those changes happen when they've gotten off sugar and they've moved to some sort of sugar alternative?
3: This is one of my favorite questions, Tim. Thank you for asking it. What I'm seeing with the sugar alternatives is that in general, they're a disaster. I always tell my patients, if you're going to eat sugar, eat sugar, because then at least your body knows what to do with it. It isn't tricked. What I've found with the sugar alternatives, anything that tickles the tongue and makes it think you ate something sweet, and the tongue talks to the brain, and now the tongue and the brain are having a conversation that it is sweet. Whether or not it actually is truly sweet, chemically, it's being perceived that way by your brain. Therefore, your brain is being set up now to expect calories. What I see consistently happen with patients is that 90 minutes, usually an hour and a half, sometimes as quick as an hour after they've eaten it, they now want a snack. They start to crave things because the brain is saying, hey, where's my calories? The brain's always going to win, friends. And the next thing you know, people start eating more than they intend. So even if they're trying to do something that's like, like you said, sugar free or a natural sugar alternative. No, I feel like have, have your three meals a day or two meals a day, whatever you're doing. But please, to avoid snacking and whatever you do, don't use trickery. Don't try to trick your brain because it can rebound and cause a lot of problems, either with mood shifts. Or the person has a problem with cravings and portion control. And also, interestingly, often they start to gain weight because the insulin response, the research has shown very clearly. If you look at the research databases, the insulin response is invoked. Even though there's no calories, your body is thinking, hey, calories are coming. We're getting ready here. And oh, wait, there aren't. Well, I'll take the available blood sugar and I'm going to put it into storage mode. Therefore, the person becomes more insulin resistant and can easily start to gain weight, not knowing where it's coming from and without a thyroid problem. Well.
1: Wow. That's great information. Thank you.
0: Do you know what the most successful subject line of all time is? You are not alone. One of the most common statements I hear when people attend our events is, oh my gosh, I found my people. I don't feel alone anymore. In fact, Mindshare started because I was at a marketing event. And when I asked one of the experts the best way to build my business, he said, do it through collaboration. The only challenge was that I was going to these events and there were very few health professionals or health business owners in the room. So I started inviting my peers to come to the events and join me for lunch, where we could share best practices and get to know each other. Well, we quickly outgrew those meeting rooms and I decided we should hold our own event, which has become our annual gathering, now in its 10th year, the Mindshare Leadership Summit. This unique event is a combination of facilitated networking that even the biggest introvert enjoys so that you'll leave the event with at least 10 great relationships to help expand your impact. There's strategic training by your peers to share what's working right now in their health businesses so that you can increase your income and incredible keynotes by notables, including Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marie Forleo, Lisa Nichols, and Brendan Burchard to help you expand your vision. We also have our Future of Health Talk competition where you will help select the winner, or you can even compete yourself, to get featured in the media and top podcasts and because in my next life, I really wanna be a party planner. We include a world-class costume party and a celebratory gala featuring our Impact Awards where we acknowledge the incredible achievements of our members. This year's event is October 5th through 8th at the spectacular JW Marriott Camelback Resort and Spa in Scottsdale, Arizona. Attendance is by application only. So to learn more and apply, go to mindshare summit.com. Now this is our 10th anniversary year, so the celebration is going to be off the hook. You do not want to miss it. So again, mindshare summit.com. See you there.
1: Let's shift gears here. Travel. We're in the heart of the summer right now, and there's a lot of vacationers, of course, that are, you know, traveling. And the vacation mindset is, hey, it's it's my vacation. It's free. Like, it's free food. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to have that bread or that dessert or that sugary drink, right? But I'll take care of it when I get back home. What are the recommendations, you know, when you're on the road here of using this type of, you know, technology and and how can this make the vacation so much better, right? At the end of the day, you're not coming back having to reverse everything you did and have to get yourself back into the mode of tracking and making sure that the right things are going inside of your body.
3: Yeah, my, my approach clinically is to invite people to have a mindset for their long-term health, to play the long game. And so that when they go on vacation, to do it in a way that is uplifting and enjoyable to them without being so extreme or abusive to their body and to their spirit that they will spend a solid month recovering from the vacation. Like, is that really a vacation? <laughs> you know? So with that, let's say, okay, you can pick a meal a day where it might be outside of what you would normally eat. And if you know that that's be a meal that's really carb heavy or that your CGM is telling you your blood sugar is spiking and crashing, maybe you're drinking alcohol, you're doing other things that can invoke that response, make sure you go for a walk after that meal. Maybe you do you know, squats on the wall like we used to do in gym class for like say five to seven minutes so that you get the biggest muscles of the body, your leg muscles to just help absorb all that blood sugar and bring it down just like you would if you had, let's say, type one diabetes, people have all kinds of workarounds and hacks. And, you know, to just look at it and do your vacation in a way that still leaves you energized. You had fun, but you didn't blow yourself up. What about sleep? Does
1: it do anything for sleep? Does it help you track, like to understand that you're getting the right amount of sleep?
3: Absolutely. The thing I've noticed is that sometimes there's clinically there's wonderment around what goes on with people's sleep, particularly if they have adrenal problems, if they have thyroid problems, other things around their endocrine health might not be in good balance. And certainly if they have any kind of diabetes, PCOS, uh, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, right? What goes on when they're asleep? Does their blood sugar really reset overnight so that their fasting blood sugar morning numbers are in a good place or are they too high? And the other thing to know is that the blood sugar should naturally rise a little bit around four to five o'clock in the morning. But if there's a big spike, and then you see, oh, if you've done an adrenal test with them, like a four-point salivary cortisol test, is like, oh, there went the cortisol. You know, we can capture these things and then know, okay, here's the strategy for this person. It might be more centered on, let's say, exercise than stress management. That might be the ways in which to help them balance that out so they get back to that normal healthy blood sugar range. Because otherwise, you're just guessing, you know? And to me, with the CGM, it's just like taking their blood look at the fasting morning glucose or taking their blood to look at the A1C and other parameters, it's tests don't guess. And the CGM is a real-time feedback around testing and not guessing what's going on. I find it invaluable. Sometimes it'll also help to determine if someone is a good candidate for a sleep study because you mm-hmm. might start to suspect, let's say, sleep apnea. If they have a sleep partner, if they have a lover who's giving them feedback, hey, you snore like a train, I can't be in this bed with you. Or if people in their household are telling them the walls shake, etc. Here's the other thing, though, because that's the stereotype of what is sleep apnea. If someone stops breathing completely and they don't have a sleep partner, they don't have a lover, they're not going to know that. And sleep apnea can get so advanced that that airway completely closes. It doesn't just close enough to flap. It closes, which means the brain is basically having a brain attack whenever there's no oxygen. Right. Because for us humans, there's two things we can't go without. Water is one and oxygen is the other. Oxygen is not optional. So in that, if you see that the person's blood sugar just goes nuts in the middle of the night and they are having, let's say, apnea, without breath is what apnea means, episodes, those will correspond because it's like they're running a marathon, you know, perhaps dozens to hundreds of times a night. This is serious. And it's what can lead to those heart attacks and strokes that everybody swears came out of nowhere. You know, no, it didn't come out of anywhere. There were plenty of signs and symptoms along the way. The person just didn't know. And their clinician didn't help them to know that they were at risk.
1: Yeah. All
3: right. So two questions
1: and I'm going to get Boris back in the conversation. The next one is weight loss. How can a CGM help? Because, you know, diets are diets, right? Everybody's on a diet and they're all doing, you know, whether it's paleo or carnivore or they're vegan or vegetarian, like, you know, there's so many different options right now. And, and a lot of individuals who have been trying to lose extra pounds have been going to the gym and trying to work out and may not be seeing the results. How is that tied to blood sugar and how can a CGM really help them? in their weight loss journey.
3: So in the weight loss journey, CGM can help them to stay in that green zone, in the ideal blood sugar range throughout the day and into the night. And that means then that they won't be invoking a big insulin response. So they're much more likely to be able to stay in fat burning mode rather than be in fat storage mode. It should make it much clearer where they are in that weight loss journey. So I think it gives people that control and takes the mystery out of it. It's one of the reasons why with diet culture, there's just so many problems because A lot of it isn't sustainable, and it also isn't data-specific enough to that person and how they live their life. Exactly.
1: Like, when you see these types of, you know, these individuals are now, they're getting this traction, right? They're starting to see this, and they go to the gym, and they start really pressing it. And I noticed when I had a CGM that, you know, my blood sugar was spiking. I'm like, okay, is this healthy? Is this okay? Like, help us understand, what does that mean, and, and why do we start to see these types of spikes
3: when we're, you know, when we're exercising? Great question, Tim. Great question. So yes, it is a normal response. Active working muscles are blood sugar sponges. When your muscles are exercising, they are asking for fuel. Their preferred fuel is going to be glucose. So they're saying, yes, give it to me now. So you will see a rise in demand on that glucose monitor, right? So your CGM, continuous glucose monitor, is absolutely going to reflect a spike in your blood sugar that is a normal physiologic response to exercise. And you can expect that after you stop your exercise, your blood sugar should come back to the healthy range if that's where it started, you know, within about a half hour to an hour or so. So there's no reason to freak out. Your body's working completely normally.
1: Awesome. All right, Boris. So something just came to mind. It was really about alerts. Like if somebody is like, if they've worked out too hard or they've missed a meal or two, they've gone all day, they've been drinking a lot of coffee and just burning through the day, right? And then things start to drop. Like, How does a continuous glucose monitor really help somebody monitor where they are in their day and you know how often should they check? What does that look like for the individual that's using this technology?
2: Yeah, it's actually a great question, which was the number one thing we looked to solve. And we came up with, it's called the daily metabolic score. So it's zero to a hundred. Essentially, you can always check in and see how you're doing. And it's dynamic. So if you just had a massive spike, that score is going to come down a little bit, right? And you might be, oh, well, if I'm at a 60, and I want to try to get to 80. Let's go for a walk. Let's do a couple squats. Let's make sure dinner's dialed in. Let's do the workout, even though we didn't feel like it in that moment. you know. And there's push notifications too. So if your blood sugar is spiking and there wasn't any activity log that's going to notify you and say, hey, you're outside of the range that set for you in terms of green zone? Did you exercise, did you eat a big meal? Like what's the context around this? Because again, the algorithm also knows if there's you know a sauna or a cold plunge or a head exercise, those are normal, natural responses. Your body's creating blood sugar to burn it off in those situations, doesn't mean it's bad. And that's where we're getting more context and saying, if it was those activities, great. We're actually gonna up your score. Now, if you ate Skittles or you were angry with somebody on Twitter and you're stressed, you know, those are not ideal, but we're letting you know that that's what's happening in that situation. So it's really you're getting pattern interrupts in the moment of what you're doing or what it is that's, you know, going on, whether you realize or not. And that's where a lot of people get a lot of aha moments because they might be thinking, oh, this is a great meal for me, or I'm in a good headspace. And you know their, their body's biomarkers are saying otherwise. And so that's where they're getting that immediate feedback loop through the app.
1: Very nice. And when you said yes. Skittles, my mouth started to water. I don't know yeah. how they created that candy, but I'm sure <laughs> if I had my CGM, button, I'd be able to see that, that well, spike. Yeah, um, Like I already yeah. had a package of Skittles. So thank you for that let's dive into the, you know, the technology, the science. We don't want to get too deep, of course, but this audience loves the science, right? They love how all this Mm -hmm. stuff works and how can help them and their practice, help their patients healthier, you know, how they can look and leverage, you know, this type of technology to improve the bottom line of their practice as well. So, you know, from a technology standpoint, like how does this differentiate from the other types of technologies on the market?
2: Yeah. So, we really looked at the market a lot differently. A lot of companies came out of the gate, raised a lot of money, and they went for consumers. They went, try to cut out every single middleman there is in the healthcare spectrum and make a cool app that's sticky. Where we saw differentiation and a lot of value add was, there's people who have been working with clients for decades, they're experts. They know the ins and outs, they have intricacies. And those are the people that we actually wanted to empower with this technology. So we took a very different route because you're the expert. You know what's going on now. It's just how do we make your life a lot easier to administer that expertise? And on the flip side, if we can also incentivize you to be able to earn commission or add another revenue stream, now you can scale your practice, impact more people, and also do better in business. So that was our formula and how we approached it. The technology is on a base layer, you know, you can see on my arm, I'm wearing this monitor, it goes in, we handle the logistics of getting those monitors to the patients. So in the scope of we don't want you to do more work, we want you to do less work, but more impactful work with more people. That means we want to take care of the back end. So when clients get onboarded through your provider accounts, and if you're a practitioner with us or a partner with us, they fill out questionnaire, they get shipped to the sensors, they get onboarded, and you get notified that you can see their data. So it's made very simply in that way. We are very big on, you know, how do we give users behaviors they already know and leverage those so that it's not too cumbersome for either a practice or a user. And those are really the, the approaches that we took. These things became sexy. They went direct to consumers, but they really were cutting out the provider. And we feel that that's the core piece because, you know, Tim, you actually had a great point. Some people want to be vegan. Some people want to be carnivore, right? And so they're going to work with people and listen to people who are experts at administering those types of diets. And now if they're working with those people and they can't get this technology or they're using technology that's telling them other things to do outside of the scope of what they want to, it's now a friction point right? And the data will eventually tell you the truth anyway, (laughs) you know, so it doesn't actually matter. But you want to work with people that you respect and that are actually looking for your healthcare versus just have a cool app, you know, and getting advice that may or may not be useful actually, because it's just going to go on
1: aggregate clinical trials that have been done in the public. And when I got introduced to you, I think it was back in February, I always look for, JJ does as well, we look for you know, how can this impact our community, right? How can we give more to our, to the practitioners who we serve? And, you know, when I heard about this, it was like the light bulb went off because as you mentioned, there's a lot of technologies out there that focus on the individual. But Dr. Yates, to your point, you know, when they do have a need to interact with their, with their practitioner, this is a challenge, right? The challenge to be able to get the data, to get accurate data, to have the screenshots and faxes and emails and You know we're just coming in with you know a bunch of stuff it's just like the days of prior to med lists right or med reconciliation right people come in with bags of medications versus being able to know electronically what medications they're on when they do the refill so this is following in that same light where you're giving the data to the practitioner who really needs this information now it may not be applicable you know for most but those who are in this practitioner space need to get as much data as they can. And this is an extremely important one. And Beverly, I'm going to go back to you and really ask, like, you know, the practice that you're in right now, right? It's really dialed for this. But what about other other specialties, other practitioners who may be listening to this podcast? Like, well, that really doesn't have anything to do with me.
3: What would you say with regards to that? That's an interesting question. You know, let's unpack it. I think my share with my colleagues would be this is that it does have something to do with you. In fact, everyone's health. There are so many people walking around who are yet to be diagnosed who already have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. There's people whose brain health is a threat. There's a reason why we call Alzheimer's disease type 3 diabetes. These things are relatively silent and hidden. Unless you're actively testing for it, you don't know. So I'd say test, don't guess. And I think it's a great way to help screen people and help them to stay on track with their health changes because they are probably gonna be a lot more sensitive to looking at objective information. Sometimes we all have the experience of no matter how much we may have with wisdom or insight to share with people, they cannot hear us. But when they look at the app and they get the feedback, they go, oh, people who have these mysterious GI illnesses, fatigue problems, et cetera. I think it's valid for just about everybody to really get a look at their own health, how, how they're living life. And, you know, is the way that they're currently living life really in a healthy place, especially with regards to their mood to their sleep, their stress levels, their overall blood sugar responses, because there's a lot going on. It's probably hidden. The big
1: term now is longevity, right? Everybody's in the longevity game and mm-hmm. biohacking's been around for a while. And you know, you hear the red light therapies, the saunas, the the cold tubs, you know, the the light panels, like all these things are kind of wrapped up into that biohacking world. And this is another. Biohacking device, right? Because you're really understanding where you are. And I think that be able to monitor this, you know, this is going to have a big impact on your longevity, right? Because the more that you're just staying like even and you're just kind of moving along, it allows you and your body to reset itself to be able to optimize the workout that you're doing, the nutrients that you're getting, you know, the work that you're doing with regard to these, you know, the biohacking things that you're doing and just you know, getting better sleep. I mean, there's so many benefits to understanding what's going on inside of you. And if you don't have that insight, you know, how can you take action on it? Right. So back again, Dr. Yates, you nailed it. Actionable insights. That's what this is really about. So Boris, I know we're coming to an end here, but how can our audience learn more about Thea and how can they, you know, get engaged and sign up and, and, and learn more? Absolutely.
2: So in the show notes below or on the YouTube video, wherever anyone is watching, we have a specific link for the Mindshare community. It's a landing page. You don't even have to opt in. It'll show you exactly how CGMs work, how theo works, if it's a right fit for your practice, what the benefits are, how you're getting features, the pricing, how it compares to, you know, the direct-to-consumer brand. So all of that's free. If you do sign up, As a partner, it's also free, so there's no charge there. It takes like 30 seconds, just five questions. And in the back, we have a lot of resources. So how to incorporate CGMs into your practice, whether you use they or not, doesn't matter. It's in there. All the research around blood sugar related to metabolic health, which is, you know, metabolic health is the core of your health anyway those research is free for everybody as well and then marketing material if you do want to incorporate something like a cgm into your practice how do you do that what are the talking points you should be talking about whether you're optimizing pcos reversing diabetes all of those resources are there and you just got to click on that link and it's it's all there for you of course email us any questions regarding cgms at any time we're we're here to support providers With whatever they need in terms of making a decision that's right for them
1: what would that email address be for our our listeners
2: i would be support
1: at fairhealth.ai and that's t-h-e-i-a well thank you again you both for your time today dr yates extremely valuable information i hope everybody really learns a tremendous amount i know i did boris thank you so much for you know really introducing this technology introducing this platform and Making it available for, you know, all the mindshare community and others who, you know, are tuning in because it is extremely important to really help your clients, your patients be their best selves. And what better way is to monitor, you know, what they do on a day over day basis. So again, thank you both. Have a wonderful day. And again, look in the notes. You will see all the information needed to, to be able to sign up. Thank you very much. Bye now. Thank you,
0: Tim. Thank you, Tim. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income. That identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash M-S-I. That's ms365.io forward slash M-S-I.